What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Just F It Podcast. I'm Angelo. I'm your host, and I'm excited to bring episode 39 featuring our guest today, Miss Jessica Mitchell. Jessica is a business owner, and she does this thing called Holy Yoga. Yes, I had the same reaction when I first met her, and she told me she does Holy Yoga. And I'm excited for you guys to listen to this, especially for everyone who may or may not be a believer necessarily but you are at that point in life or especially if you're at that point in your personal development journey where you're questioning is this it is there anything more to life than this right and this is one of our episodes where we have a real heavy emphasis on faith because obviously holy yoga there's some type of spiritual connection on there and yes i'm a believer and jessica's a believer and we talk a lot about we talk a lot about that side of things we don't want that necessarily to turn people off because this isn't this is a great introduction as to how faith can can be used in business and can be used in your fitness and can be used to influence others. This is a very, very powerful video. I'm sorry, podcast episode. And for the video, hopefully you guys caught that on the Instagram because that one was pretty sweet too. But this is such a powerful podcast episode. We go over a lot of deep stuff. Jessica shares her incredible story. And I'm excited for you guys. And I'm excited to hear the golden nuggets that you guys take away from this. So without further ado, let's get this going. Happy Friday, guys. All right, so first of all, thanks for uh, having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I knew when we met that this day would come, first of all. So um, I just knew it, I was speaking truth to it. Um, So yeah, my name is Jessica Mitchell. I own a yoga studio by the name of Living Divina Yoga and Fitness Studio in Yorkville, Illinois. Um, I'm going on three years, and I am certified in um, faith-based Christ-centered yoga, so it's called holy yoga, and so what we do is um, we we pray and meditate on scripture, and then we move to worship music, and I I have had to really learn how to weave in God's word, you know, through our practice, but I also teach vinyasa, um, yoga trapeze, which is a form of aerial yoga, and uh, we have other modalities, I have other instructors there, so um, yeah, so that's that's what I do. I've been certified for three years, so in the middle of my certification, I went on to um, open up a business, which is kind of crazy. I don't <laughs> recommend anybody to get certified and they go open up a, a studio, but um, I love business, and I love community, and um, I just, I felt like, you know, once I was obedient to um, getting certified to teach yoga and hold a sacred healing space for people, it was easier for me to say yes to the other things that God was asking me to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I, I really want to explore that a little bit more. So I know, you know, the first time we spoke, faith was something that resonated with the both of us. So I'm very excited to kind of dive deeper into that with you. How did you connect um, your business with your faith? How did you put that together? What's, what's the most difficult part in that right now for you? Uh, to be honest, it doesn't feel difficult at all. Mm. I feel like um, I had been in a lot of like 
environments as I was a chef for many years. And so the kitchen culture is very toxic. And as much as I would try to separate myself from um, uh, being a participator of the dialogue that would happen in the kitchen, I would get sucked into it and I'd be cussing like a sailor. It would be rubbing up against my spirit. Like it was volatile. And so I was really disgusted with myself oftentimes. I was sick of feeling that way because I was a Christian and I love God. And um, I got to this point in my life where I had this big life change take place. I, um, I got pregnant with my fourth child and I had, and I was an executive chef position running, you know, in, in like a high end catering company. And so I was running a crew and I was like the only woman in the kitchen and it was just getting so, I mean, it was like, ah, uh, just a grind to be there. So, you know, through that process, I ended up losing my baby. I was halfway through the pregnancy and that's really what led me to holy yoga. Like I didn't, I always was in the yoga for, the movement aspect because it felt so good. I was on my feet for so many hours, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week, uh, where I just, I really abused my body. And so yoga was this catalyst for helping me kind of hit that reset button. And um, when I lost the baby, my husband and I grieved so hard. It was really like a dark space, a dark time in our lives. And we kind of grieved in separate ways. And I was so committed to my yoga practice that I, uh, and I had to let my body heal that by the time I was able to heal, I couldn't wait to go back. I just, I felt like, um, this was just me needing to reconnect with my body since I had gone through something so traumatic to the body as a woman, when you birth a child, um, even if it's a positive thing, it's trauma to the body, right? Even, you know, like, and it, we create muscle memory. So I would get on my mat and by the time I would get on my mat, I, and I was in this healing process, it changed. It wasn't about movement anymore. So um, I just felt like this intersection of God kept meeting me there. It became very holy. I would sob. It was ther very therapeutic. And I finally got it. Like I got it. Like, okay, this is that mind-body-spirit connection. This is what they're talking about. So when I, I did that, I sat on the calling to actually teach for a few years. And when I finally went to go do that, um, God kind of decided it for me. <laughs> I was going to go teach at, at the gym that I was um, always going to do yoga at. But the owner wasn't very comfortable with me teaching holy yoga. And this is what I got certified in. And I could, I can teach yoga without, you know, talking about God and scripture and whatnot. But um, I didn't want to do that. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll teach at my church and I'll keep holding down my job. And uh, the Lord just put it in my, like, presented it to me somebody came into my life and said hey I see that you're getting certified or you're like into yoga and we need this space to be occupied by um you know somebody like you that would want to come teach and you know hold some fitness classes or pilates or yoga and at first I was like no no I'll, no I don't want to be an entrepreneur I was a, I owned a cafe and catering business I never want to do that again I owned it for four years um and I was like, no, but then I, it's kind of like you're doing one of these, like you're peeking through the, you know, like, oh, but it feels so, so cool. And I'm excited about this. And I prayed a lot, you know, you gotta, uh, there's a book that I would highly recommend anybody to, to read. It's called The Circle Maker. And it's been written by Mark Batterson. And he really teaches you about how to pray expectantly and, um, and how to really circle in prayer and not, not just the little things like, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing my life. No, this is talking about like 
encircling prayer about really big things. So that's what I started doing. I, I resorted back to this book that I'd read years ago and I started really circling in prayer and he just kept lining it up. And so I didn't ever think about this being like um, a conflict of, of my faith and my business um, intersecting and it being, you know, this conflict. I just realized, I, to me, I ran out the gate thinking this is ministry. This is a business ministry. And he kept ordering the steps and I kept praying for the boldness to take every step. So I know that was a long answer, but <laughs> it was necessary to learn to know some of the background because um, I let fear cripple me for a really long time. Mind you, I said, I sat on the calling for a couple of years before I finally went and got certified because fear was such a wall for me. And when I finally said yes to, to going and moving forward and getting certified, it was like me punching through that, through that wall, you know, and, and making it crumble down. So, yeah. That's so funny that you mentioned that because that was, when I heard you tell that story, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to ask her about sitting on that desire. So what was it about the fear? What, what were you afraid of that was holding you back? So a uh, couple things, you know, the, the basic ones for me was like, um, a financial thing. Like I'm going to take away from my family. And as a mom, we martyr ourselves, we sacrifice and, um, you know, everything's about your kids. So what, you know, how, how many clothes am I taking away from them? What activity am I taking away from them? If I pay to do this for myself, you know, so that was one thing like, uh, just in the fear of failure, I was, I, I don't like the, nobody does failure equates pain. And so what do we do? We don't want to feel pain. So we run away. Um, and so somewhere in there, I just felt like, well, what if I can't do this? What if I can't sequence a class? What if I can't lead people? You know, it's all those stupid, what if questions. Um, and just the fear of, of, this is the big one for me, identity change. I was known, I made a name for myself in the industry. I was Chef Jess. I was good at what I did. I, um, everybody knew that of me. And for me, and it, I'd been doing it for 17 years. And so for me to change, yeah, I went from high school to culinary and then from culinary like immersed myself in the industry and um to switch gears like that and to start from scratch that was it was it was what held me back a lot too so it was a co combination of things but that was probably the biggest one i think that's such a cool like story because how many people limit themselves because they're kind of comfortable They're It's like, you know, the enemy of, um, of great is good. Right. And if, if they're just good at what they do, you find that comfort. And instead of seeking out that better or that great, you just kind of stay in that level. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Like what, what, what were some, if, if you don't mind sharing like, what was some of the internal dialogue kind of going in your head um, as you were making some of these transitions where you're like, this is comfort right now. This is feeding my kids versus this is risk. This is potential pain. This may or may not work. Like, you know, what, what was that? What pushed you over to the edge? You know, to be honest, it was a partnership with my husband and having not such an internal dialogue, but an external dialogue and mapping it all out and, and kind of um, 
reverse engineering it a little bit like, okay, if I do X, Y, Z, where am I going to land? What do we need to do before that preliminary wise to, to get there? And just the, like, the big thing for me is, you know, at, in a marriage, I think it's vital when you're shifting gears to change the trajectory of your path um, or have the boldness to just take the step on the path that God has given you uh, is to talk to your, to your spouse. And if this wasn't a decision I made for myself, like I am so grateful that my husband believes in me and I'm, I, I'm grateful that, and, and not that like if, if he had encouraged me not to do it, it's not that he didn't believe in me. Um, I think his fear also would drudge up too about the finances. I'm, so I give this analogy in our marriage, like how I'm the kite and he's the one holding onto the string. I'm the dreamer. I'm the idealist and he's the realist, right? And so if, if he let go of that kite, I would be floating away. And so to me, the dialogue was like, am I just wanting to float away? Is this just something like that's romanticized or can this really be real? And so um, after, and it was also asking people to pray with me, you know, and having, and, and I would, and I would, the dialogue for me was always with God. It was, God, if this is your will, I want what I do next to be um, for your kingdom. And I want what I, I do next to be whole and that, and holy, that it's not an esoteric training because in the realm of yoga, it can veer off into, it is very spiritual and it can veer off into um, things of the spiritual realm that you should not be dabbling with. And, and I'm God's girl. So what I wanted to do was find something that I knew was going to keep me um, in accordance and in alignment with what God wanted for me. I knew I was strong enough to admit my vulnerability in that I am a very spiritual person. And had I gone through a training that would have subjected me to more esoteric and worldly ways of thinking, I could have then absorbed that. And so I just wanted to be guarded. God's word says that whatever you open yourself up to is what you draw in. And that's good and bad. And um, the enemy likes to cloak and is conniving and, and hide in things and to, to make it seem good. Um, but it just wasn't something like this yoga conversation of like Christians doing yoga is a big deal. I can't tell you how many times people have said like, oh, you shouldn't be doing yoga. It's of the occult. It's demonic. That's a whole nother subject. But I was aware of these things. And so I, I prayed to God, like, you know, if it is not for me, take it away. If it is for me, bless me and, and show me and give me a conversation, a divine appointment to confirm that this is where I need to go. And he did. Wow. You just have to be open to hearing that. Well, wow. I, 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 I want to keep going with that because um, one of our first conversations, that was kind of the thing on my mind because I had that, you know, that thing with yoga. Yeah, it's not just a physical thing, but I know that, you know, out of all the other fitness, um, you know, styles or forms or whatever, mm -hmm. yoga has a more spiritual connection to all to it. Right. So before talking to you, I had no idea what holy yoga was. And then I'm like, I don't know if I want to get on a conversation with this chick right now. I don't know what, <laughs> what holy really means to her. Like I, I'm uh, Jesus all the way. So I don't know what she's going to try to get me on right now. But so <laughs> how do you, how do you combat that? Like, how do you just, you know, how do you add God in your belief and your faith into, you know, I guess 
in, into yoga? Yeah. Um, so I was doing holy yoga with, and before I even knew it was a thing, right? Because God was meeting up, meeting me on my mat and I was praying to him. And even though like my, my instructor, uh, my instructor for a long time, the one that I learned everything that I know, she was, she's a Christian and she never imposed ohms or chanting or shrines. She never imposed those things because I was in a gym, she kept, there's like gym yoga, right? It's, it's movement based. It's a modality based on movements more exercise. But there were times in her positivity and her talking, I felt the Holy Spirit would lead her and use her. And she would say things at the end of class. I'm like, oh man, that would just provoke something in me to pray, you know? And so through that, I was like Googling things like, how do you, you know, do Christian, what does the Bible say about yoga? What do Christians say about yoga? I was, I was starting to do my own research before I got to this place of, of signing up to, to teach holy yoga. When people, and you said a really specific word, like, how do you combat that? You don't. You don't combat it because here's the thing that I know. All good things, all, all things that are good are of God. I do, I do know that, and scripture supports that. And I know that um, what we do is always about intention. And, and we kind of talked about this earlier, but um, when you set your intention, in what you're doing, like when you're training, your personal training people, and you're setting your intention to help them steward the temple that God has given them, because scripture talks about it. Our, our bodies are temples because the Holy Spirit dwells in that space. That's why we're temples. So um, when you're doing whatever you're doing, dedicated to God, you know, and you're really cleaving into God's truth and you're holding space for people's healing, I, I think you're doing some of the most amazing work God has ever asked anybody to do. I don't combat these conversations with people with like getting defensive. I let the Holy Spirit do my bidding. I let the Holy Spirit do, do the speaking for me. And, and so I have to show the evidence of what God is doing in my life through the way that I live and put my, myself out there. Now, if people really want to get into some dialogue about yoga and how you make it holy or that you can never make it holy, that you can't separate the Hindu roots from yoga, well, yoga predates 5,000 years ago prior to Hinduism ever being a religion. So it's in actuality does not have Hindu roots. This was produced as more of, to be honest, a scientific method to be able to heal the body, okay? And so other religions have borrowed and infused their own faiths into um, spiritualizing it. Now, um, if you are somebody that celebrates Christmas or Easter, those two holidays in themselves are uh, had pagan origins before they were Christianized. So if you cannot so-called separate Hindu roots from yoga, then you better not be celebrating Christmas or Easter either, because those have pagan roots, right? So I mean, it, it's it's things like that that people want to try to get technical on, but it also comes from a place of fear. And so it's like, well, have you tried it? Have you done it? Um, you know, I don't, I don't teach anything that, um, is going to be like compromising to what God says and what scripture says. And so when we breathe, we talk about, um, God's word saying that, uh, it's always has been his breath in us. In Genesis, he says that he breathed us into existence. So when we breathe on our mats, we're breathing in the breath of God. It's always been his breath in you. So we, we always, everything we do 
um, we want to have biblical roots to it. We want scripture to be at the foundation of it all. Um, so I don't ever try to compromise that at all. And I hope that answers your question a bit. And I know I have long answers. I'm sorry, but I'm going to talk. You're doing such a great job in explaining. And I, I like how you added facts and history and all that kind of stuff, because people are probably listening right now and they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so going back to holy yoga, are all of your clients believers? Um, so because I said this was a ministry, I have clients that attend holy yoga that are kicking around the tires of their faith. They don't even attend church, but they do this. I've even had some students say, this is my church. I'm like, hold the boat. <laughs> After this isn't a church, holy yoga as a ministry, like any ministry is considered more of a parachurch. It comes alongside the church. Right. And so, um, I have classes that are like vinyasa classes, like traditional yoga classes, not so much in the sense of like doing the chanting and the ohms and things like that, but um, the movement, the asana, what we call asana, asana is the movement aspect of, um, of yoga because I want to build relationships with people that maybe are seekers because in the yoga industry, there's a lot of seekers. It's very spiritual. There's a lot, you come across a lot of seekers. And so for me, planting seeds means building relationships and loving on people. And then after building some of that trust, they might get curious about the holy yoga and they end up showing up. And now God is the one who's the living water, right? And he's pouring down and he's the one who's helping those seeds grow. So um, that's why I say that this is a ministry. Part of something that I did after um, reading the circle maker again, after opening up the studio, I did prayer circles around the studio. I physically walked around the space inside and outside, just praying, opening up my hands, walking around in circles, praying out loud, and just praying for my future students. And I still pray for my future students. I don't know, but God knows. And I just, I asked God to like, give me the boldness to continue to just do his work and plant those seeds. And what's cool is, you know, the, the, the space that we hold for people in the holy yoga classes, sometimes I get people that accidentally sign up for it and they don't realize it's a, a holy yoga class. Um, but then they end up thanking me afterwards because I always open with things like, um, you know, no matter your faith walk, whether you're kicking around the tires of your faith, maybe you don't know if you believe in God, maybe you have been a believer for a long time and you're really just stagnant in your walk and you just need to hear from the Lord. Um, maybe you're angry with God, right? He can hand, handle your anger. He can handle your questions. This is the class for you. So no matter where you find yourself, this is a safe space for you. And this is between you and him and no one else. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just being obedient to holding the space for you. And that's it. This is your yoga. This is your practice. I'm just honored to be here alongside your journey. So that's how I try to navigate and make everyone feel safe in that they don't have to speak a special Christian, you know, King James version talk or anything like that <laughs> and, and just hold a really safe space for them. Yeah. I love that because, you know, one of our pillars um, or the foundation of this whole modern fitness and team effort is faith, right? Faith, family, fitness, and freedom. And kind of similar to what you're talking about when you start, when you say faith, people's initial response is religion, right? And I've, you know, I've been open about my, my beliefs and my Christianity and stuff like that. But when we say faith, it's not necessarily just, hey, I'm going to push God on you. But 
give people a safe space to dream bigger, to be part of something greater than themselves. Yeah. Because I, I look at the, the personal development uh, industry and at one point or another, there's going to be a cap. You know, whether it's your first time or you've been in this thing for a while, there's going to be a cap. You can read all the books, attend all the seminars, learn from all the things, but eventually it's going to hit a cap. And once you hit that cap, I believe that you start to question like, what's next? You know, like, where, where do I go from here? And that's where, that's why we believe in, in, in having that faith because that faith is next, right? Like you start, like you reach that level and you're like, okay, what, now what? That's when you start exploring like religion. You start looking at the bigger things, stuff that, you know, that when you're done reading, thinking girl rich and, you know, applying that and all that stuff. And now you're like, what is next? Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you've, you've infused that in what you do, because that's something similar to what we're doing with modern fitness as well. And trying to do and change this whole like fitness industry and healthcare and do all these different things. So with that, let me ask you, what's next for you? Oh gosh. Well, um, I truly believe I was just sharing with my class this morning, um, that 2020 is going to be, I think the Lord is just going to do something really mighty and I don't know what he's not revealed that yet to me. So I'm in prayer mode right now and, um, always praying for just what the theme of the year is going to be this year. My, my word was impact. Um, and so one of the biggest commitments that I've made in uh, the last two years is working with the Salt and Light Coalition. So um, it is a organization that services women who have come out of sex trafficking and they have been um, committed to a year long uh, process of, of uh, healing and job training. And it's just, uh, it's like re-equipping them with, um, or equipping them for the first time with uh, skills to be able to thrive. So we don't want them to just be survivors, we want them to be thrivers. So I've been more and more involved in their organization. They just invited me to be on their advisory board. Um, and uh, in January, on January 6th, I, am, I get to be part of their training for becoming yoga instructors. So this is a new hat for me to train um, other people to become yoga instructors. So it's called YTT, Yoga Teacher Training. So that is huge for me. I, I can't wait to see what happens with that. I love um, teaching instructors or mentoring them to um, own their awesome, cultivate their teacher voice, and help them to learn how to intelligently sequence their classes. So that's one component to it. But um, I'm also launching an online business uh, uh, in January. Um, I'm in the process of recording some of my yoga videos and I will have an actual like little membership site so that you can subscribe to my yoga videos and it will be a monthly membership. Um, there will be potentially um, some like different series like yoga for trauma or yoga for anxiety. So if you only wanted to do like a six week series, you could purchase that. So um, I'm just in process of cultivating all of that. So um, because I want to cast a wider net and Yes, it will be holy yoga. Um, I, I have contemplated like, well, maybe I should only keep it generic and it just, it just be regular yoga. But there's so much of that out there already. And I know what I have to offer. And I'm, I'm just going to keep walking in my gifting. And um, I've proven that my business ministry can thrive um, on my faith. 
I thought that teaching holy yoga was going to be very niche. And I thought that um, dedicating my business to God was even going to be even nichier, right? Where it was going to be very um, small potatoes. But let me tell you, out of all the classes that that we have like 18 to 20 classes on the count on the, the schedule every week, it's the holy yoga classes that are paying for that studio. It's, they're the most well-attended classes out of all of them. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. We're, we're going to see what happens, man, with 2020. I just, I'm feeling it and I'm hoping that, um, I'm just always praying for increase, you know, that God just, he has, he has every year. I look at my, my numbers, I look at my charts and, and um, yeah, just scaling things up and seeing where he goes with it. So. That's awesome. I love that. And I especially love how you almost like use words to set the intention for the year. And I, I do the same thing. I use more of like a phrase. So I think that it's fun for everyone to find what works best for them. But how would you guide others that might be listening now to how they can set an intention for 2020? Um, always through prayer. And, you know, it's about getting quiet. <laughs> so it is. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes it's, I don't, I don't believe that God just, you know, it's not going to be this audible voice that you're going to hear from God. One of the things that um, I always encourage my students to do when they're, when, because I think when you retreat into that quiet stillness um, and you're utilizing other components like music or there's someone leading you med meditation um, or even reading scripture out loud, that's, that's a sacred form of reading. It's called Lectio Divina. Um, you're going to hear maybe the same word pop up in the next week. You might hear it two or three times like, oh God, you keep, I keep hearing that one word. And that's, that's going to be where you have to pay attention. So it, and then I like to find scripture that pairs to it. So if there's, you know, if there's a word that, um, God is working in me, um, I try to like, I did, I did, uh, I think Hebrews 4.13 last year for my word discipline. And, um, this year with the word impact, I made an acronym out of impact. So if you want to expand on it, what did the I stand for? What did the M stand for? The P, the ACP. So if you want to expand and make it a little bit bigger, like you're talking about cleaving into like a phrase, maybe you make your own phrase and you use your acronym to make that phrase, you know, to, to go deeper into what that word means to you. And to be honest, God has always, he's funny, but he, he's revealed to me layers of what that word meant to me far into the year. It took last year, no joke, it took me almost into December for me to realize what he truly meant about the discipline. And it wasn't the discipline to just grow. It wasn't the discipline to just, um, to, uh, to like have my systems in place and like, you know, be disciplined and respond to every email. It was the discipline to, to remain in stillness and to hear him. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's going to mean something different to everybody. I try to start in December, um, but you know, it doesn't, don't feel like you've missed the mark if you haven't done it yet. Like you can set your, your word at any time. You just, you have to be patient with it and feel, feel good that, okay, this is, this is my word. And, and mind you, it might not always be a word that you like. Don't shove it aside. Don't discredit it. Pay attention. Um, because God, God is wanting to do something in and through you with that. Hmm. Jessica, if I, I love where we're at and I want to wrap it up with this thought. Think about the person you want to reach out right now. You don't necessarily have to say it out loud, but think about that person that is listening to this podcast right now. What would you say 
to that man or woman, that specific person you want to reach out to, what would you tell them right now? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, that is a big question. Um, so I think a couple things. If you are somebody that has been like me, that has let fear come into your life and robbed you of your joy and robbed you of um, of wholeness, um, know that you don't have to have it all figured out. I think God seeks us most in our brokenness and we need to come with the whole mess. We're messy people and that's okay. Um, don't keep trying to make everyone perceive that you have it all together. And, you know, in your, in your brokenness, you know, you might not be one to reach out to other people, but you can certainly call out to God. God's word says that the Holy Spirit intercedes and intercedes on your behalf. He moans, the Holy Spirit intercedes by moaning and groaning on our behalf. So even when you don't have words to say and you're left with nothing in you to say anything, you can just say Jesus. And I, I'm not trying to um, be too preachy or anything like that. I'm just talking about what God's word says and what's worked for me. Um, and breathe. <laughs> we, as a society, we don't know how to breathe well at all. If you're slumping and dumping and sitting here and you're just, you're, you're feeding into that negativity, that, that fear. If you're closed off, you're closing off your heart. But if you open up and lift your heart up and you breathe and you start repeating that word or you say, Jesus, you just do not understand the holy confidence that you're tapping into and you're rising up in. So if, if you're somebody that feels like um, you can't do yoga, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. Um, yoga are, is three components. It's breath mindfulness and movement it's not just about stretching and um, if you can sit there and breathe and maybe even recite scripture and take deep breaths while you're reciting that scripture and exhaling it out or result to one word maybe it's inhaling gratitude and exhaling joy you know we have to put those words of strength in us because no one else is going to do it for us you've got to activate and choose to do it yourself it's a choice being in god's presence is a choice you know, he's always with you, but your awareness to it, it's a yes or no, it's a do or a don't. Uh, you got to show up for yourself. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. I can keep going, but yeah. Wow, that, that was awesome. Thank you so much. I think that, you know, I, I think that there's, there's, a, there's a reason, obviously there's a reason why you and I, how you and I met and why we're having this conversation at this time and place. And whenever this podcast gets aired out, all I pray is that the, the right people are touched by it. And I know that your heart's in the right place. So anything that we can do to help support you, um, you know, obviously don't hesitate to reach out. But I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for just showing up and just being genuine and being true to who you are. And um, I appreciate you. Thank yeah. Thanks, Angelo. Thanks, Renata. I I'm so grateful, and uh, I call these divine appointments. You know, we our paths crossed, and they were for a reason. So uh, we're not done, bro. There's more to come. God's gonna reveal it. So yeah, and I I agree. I'm gonna be prayerful um, with with whoever hears this. Uh, is it's a divine appointment for them too. Mm -hmm.